to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. think it'd be this way when you got to the age that you're at right now and think that this is the way the world would be for goodness sakes that's something ain't it it's really wild make a good movie wouldn't it praise god yep definitely more to come and that's why the kingdom you know that we're teaching on i think is so important what the kingdom's done for me more than anything it stabilized me i don't get up i don't get down i don't get in between i basically just stay on the word of god how many know the word don't change the whole world could fall apart and the world would still say the same thing. God ain't going to say, oh, I better change it because something's going wrong. He doesn't do that. So as we get on the word more and more and stay on the word, you're going to find out that you get more stable. Hallelujah. And that's good to be stable. It's not good to be depressed. How many of you know that? It's not good to worry. You know that. Not good to be fearful. You know that. No. Praise God. We should be in joy because every word that God gives us is true. And every word he's promised and most of the promises he has fulfilled. And he's waiting for somebody to faithfully claim those promises. And when they do, it gives him an opportunity to do those promises in their life. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? Thank you for your underwhelming excitement this morning. Praise God. Should have never preached on religion. It's my mistake. All right, take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 28 this morning. We've been talking about authority or dominion, which is a main reason for the kingdom of God to begin with. God wanted mankind to rule this earth. He put man on here in this visible realm, and he gave man dominion and authority over this planet. You are the one with authority and dominion here. And through your authority and dominion, you control things, circumstances, situations in your own life. I mean, no things are going to come at you in your life, but you have the opportunity to stand against, go through, and get rid of those things in your life because you have the authority. You know, we sing all these songs all the time. I never thought about it until I got in the kingdom, but most of them we sing are to the king. You notice that? You know, on God, never even think about a kingdom, but we're singing and actually calling him the king in about every song we sing. Well, he can't be a king unless he has a kingdom and... I just never thought of that years and years. I sang about, oh, the king, the king, oh, yeah, praise the king, praise the king. And thought, God, maybe there's a kingdom involved in this whole king situation. Glory to God. So it really dawns on us, don't it? All right, Matthew chapter 28. Let's look at verse 18. This is after Jesus suffered, died, and came up in the resurrection. And Jesus came and spake unto his disciples and said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Now look at verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them and said, All power, say all power. All power. Now if you look up that word in the Bible, it is actually the word exousia, which means authority. All authority. There's two words in the Bible. There's exousia, which means authority, and there's dunamis, which means power. The difference is power is like dynamite power. And exousia is authority. So here he says, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. I give it to you so you go. And notice what he tells you to do. He tells you to teach. Say teach. teach. Now this just wasn't to his disciples. This is to everybody. How many of you know that? Now in order to teach someone else something, you're going to have to learn something first in order to teach them something. Right. See? And that's what churches are. They're basically, they're not religious things. They're embassies. 
we're embassy of the kingdom of God, and we're here to teach you the ways and the thoughts and the desires of the kingdom of God so you can understand it and then teach others around you who you run into about the kingdom of God so they will understand also. And he's given us the authority to do that. Notice to teach. Say to teach. So the Bible says that we need to be disciples. Say disciples. And what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who basically disciples themselves after something else. But we don't want to disciple ourselves over a denomination. We, want to dis- we don't want to disciple ourselves over a religion. We want to disciple ourselves not even over a pastor. We want to do it to the king himself, which is Jesus Christ. So we're disciplined to his thoughts, to his ways, to his desires, so that we grow up in the things of God. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you know there's also another force in the world called evil? We see it all over the place. Anybody who's not born again really does not have any authority over that realm. But since you're born again, you have authority over that realm. So we see people out there under the control of the authority of the enemy that Adam gave to them. But we also see people who are born again under that same control and shouldn't be under that control. And the reason they are is basically because of darkness or a lack of knowledge. Say a lack of knowledge. knowledge. The Bible says my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. knowledge. All right, go to John chapter, or John's Gospel chapter 1. We're going to look at the reason for your authority this morning that you do have. Say, I do have it. it. Say, if I have it, there must be a reason I got it. All right, John chapter 1, look at verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power. Once again, the word here is, is exousia. But as many as received him, to them he gave authority and dominion to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now notice what it says. But as many as received who? Now notice they didn't receive heaven necessarily. They didn't receive salvation. They received the Savior. When you got born again, you received all these other things, but you received a person, and that person now dwells on the inside of you. So your born-again experience is a person now living on the inside of you. Isn't that fun? That's great. Ain't it? Praise God. And to them he gave authority. Now why did he give them authority or exousia? He gave them authority to become sons of God. So he gave us authority. Why? To become a son of God. That means when you're born again, you weren't exactly living like a son of God, or you wouldn't need authority to become a son of God. Are you following me? And even though you have the authority, if you don't know that authority is to become a son of God, you'll never become a son of God because you'll never use your authority to become a son of God. Does that make sense? Yeah, so here it says you've got authority to become a son of God. The word authority here means you have the right. You have the privilege to become a son. You have the right to choose. You have the ability to receive sonship. The purpose of authority here, it says, is to become, to grow up to be a son of God. Say, I have authority. I should use it to grow up to be a son of God. Now, when I was born again, nobody told me this. I got born again. They said, you're saved. Hallelujah. You're going to heaven. And that was basically the extent of it. I didn't know that I had to grow spiritually. I didn't know that I could change from one level of glory to another level of glory. I just thought, saved, heaven, hallelujah, good. And there's a lot of people out there who live like that now. They're saved, hallelujah, going to heaven, good. And there's nothing in between their salvation and the end. But how many know we all have authority and we have a purpose? And, th- and this is why you have churches out there who don't teach your ability to grow up spiritually. And all they're running now, basically, which I don't want to do, is run daycare centers. 
because they're constantly taking care of spiritual babies all the time, and the babies don't want to grow up. They want the pastor to solve all their issues. And how many of you know I'm not here to solve all of your issues? Amen. amen. <laughs> I'll amen it if nobody else will. No, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to instruct you so that you could take care of your own issues. Now, sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need to call somebody. Sometimes you need to call me. That's fine. But you need to be growing up in the things of God. So you have the authority to grow up, to be, actually another translation says, to live like a son of God. Now, if I'm born again and I'm a son of God, I want to live like a son of God. I don't want to live like a child of God. I don't want to live like a child of the devil. I want to live like a son of God if it's possible for me to do that. So here it says he's given us the right, he's given us the privilege, he's given us the ability to choose to live like sons of God. All right, go to Galatians chapter 3. All right, Galatians chapter 3, look at verse 26. It says, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Of course, this is talking to people who get born again. For you are all children, say children. children. Notice, of God. How did you become a child? It says, by what? Faith. By faith. So you got born of the kingdom of God and you did that by faith. Now, just because you got born of the kingdom of God by faith doesn't mean you don't need faith anymore and you struggle and fight to become something else. If you came into the kingdom by faith, your growth is going to be by faith. The Bible says we advance from one level of faith to another level of faith, which takes us to one level of glory, the manifestation of God on the inside of us, to another level of glory. So we started out in faith, and we want to keep going in faith. So basically, I was born in the kingdom of God at that time. I was a son, but I was living like a child. So in order to live like a child, I wanted to become a son. What, is, what does a child do? What well, we're going to show you here in just a little bit. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. You'll be able to find yourself this morning. It always helps your growth to find out where you're at. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 2. Well, let's go back to first one. We can't hardly skip that. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may do what? Grow. Grow thereby. Here he says, basically, spiritual growth is equivalent and level to natural growth. In other words, you grow because you desire the sincere milk of the word. Say milk of the word. Now, I've had an opportunity to be around a baby lately, and I'll tell you what, that kid wants milk. Nobody trained him to want milk. Nobody said, now from now on, Cash, you want milk. Cash wants milk. And it's the same way when you get born again. When you got born again, when you really had experience with God, you should have desired the sincere milk of the Word of God. You should have desired the Word of God. And you should continue to desire the Word of God because it's by the Word of God that you grow thereby. So if you don't have a desire, <clears throat> I'm just going to say this, if you don't have a desire for the Word of God, that means basically that right now you may be backsliding a little bit. Thank you for your excitement. Yeah, because there should be a desire in your heart for the food of the Spirit, and that is. Now, what does that do to us? Well, as I got in the Word as, as a young Christian, I started to reveal to me the rights that God had given me. It started to reveal my position to where I was put when I got born again. It started to show me my identity. Say my identity. 
And faith comes, of course, by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. So growth comes from a child to a son through the Word of God or from faith in the Word to faith in the Word. You can be born again many years and not grow at all. How many of you know that? How many of you ran into people who have been in church, born again for 40 years, and they still look and talk like a spiritual baby and don't know anything about, well, I don't know. God's in control of everything, and you never know what God's going to do. God moves in mysterious ways, and you figure they don't know anything yet. I don't know how many years they've been in it, but whatever. Praise God. So basically, we want to grow up to be, and your years are not on how many years you've been saved. It's how much knowledge of the Word you have and how much you are applying the Word to your life. You can even have knowledge. People come to me all the time and say, oh, I've come here and I've got so much knowledge since coming here. I've so much knowledge. I said, I don't care how much knowledge you've got, how much change have you had since you came here? I don't care how many books you got, how many notes you got, how many of this stuff. Are you changing and applying the Word of God to your life? Because that's where growth comes. You change. Jesus said, if you continue in my Word, you will be my disciples indeed, and you will know the, and the truth will make you. Now, notice. Can I say that? Yeah. Jesus isn't really the one who set you free. Jesus is the one who made freedom available for you. See? I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. No, no. The truth sets you free. You can still walk in not the truth, be born again, and still not be free. Jesus made the possibility there for you to be that. So how do I do? I've got to grow up from a child in my believing to a son in my believing and understand the truth. And when I understand the truth, it sets me free. Now, Jesus said this back before the epistles were written. How many of you know that? So he's talking about if you continue in my word, say my word. And now what did Jesus preach? Thank you very much. The kingdom of God. So if I'm going to grow up, I'm going to study more about the, his word. If I want to be a disciple, then all the other stuff, and all the other stuff fits in. It's not separate. You know, we're not talking about two different gospels or anything like that. But I'm, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. In order to do that, I've got to study Jesus' word that he wrote because I want to grow up into a place where I am now a son of God, live like one, act like one, and be one. You know, people come here all the time, and, and they come, and they sit on the word for a little bit. And basically, they say, I came from a church that didn't teach me anything. So in other words, you came from a milk church. How many have ever been in a milk church? How many know we need milk churches? But how many knows you don't have to stay in a milk church for 40 years? Come on, there's people get born again. They need milk out there, so they go to a milk church. But man, if, if you're on milk for 40 years and you ain't gone anywhere, it's time to maybe move up to a little bit of meat. I know it's harder to swallow meat. We just stay right there for a while? Yeah, it's easy when you're a kid, praise God. But boy, when you start to grow up and eat that steak, you've got to chew that thing a little bit. That milk there, you don't even need teeth for that. Proof. Sucks it right down, praise God. Don't bother him a bit. Yeah, so we're growing up in order to be a disciple, basically. We don't want to grow up and be dependents. We want to grow up and be disciples. Say disciples. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Okay, here's a definition of a child. Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 14 that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby we lie and wait in deceit. So what's a child? A child is someone who is tossed to and fro, back and forth, up and down, hot and cold, feelings and emotions, then the word. Does that sound like you? If it does, you're still growing up. 
in areas of your life. There's nothing wrong with that. How many know we're all growing up? So you're growing up in the world of God. So a child basically is not using their authority to choose things in their life. In other words, whatever comes along controls you. If the sun's out and you get a check in the mail and everybody loves you, you have a great day. If you come and you owe a check to somebody in the mail and it's a bad day and it's raining and you're not doing very good that day. But the next day the sun comes back out and you're doing very good again. Back and forth, back and forth. Up and You want something to wear you out, that's the life right there. That'll wear you out. And why is that? It's because a child is still controlled by their feelings, by their emotions, and by their circumstances. In other words, whatever comes into their life in that area, they, they respond to that the way it is rather than staying on the Word of God that tells you good. And this is what believing God's all about. It's not believing God for something so He does it and you can see it done. It's believing God for something because He already did it, gave you the Word on it, and that's your evidence before anything's done. Are you following me? People say, oh, praise God, I believe God, and now I really believe Him. Well, you should have really believed Him to begin with. You've got to really believe the promise before. So what does a child do? A child believes the word until it's challenged. As soon as the word's challenged, then once they go off the word, a child is healed by the stripes of Jesus until a symptom comes. A child is on fire until the goose bump leaves. A child is happy and joyful until something goes wrong in their life. A child loves their spouse as long as they're nice to them. See? All these things. Well, I'm going to like them because they're not nice to me. Well, that's not, that's childish. All these things go right, to, right down to home, don't they? So what is it? It's got to do with a child. So a child does not know that they have the right to choose. So you wake up in the morning, you don't feel good, everything looks bad, and you got that feeling. Everybody have that Monday morning feeling ever? You have a right at that time because of your authority to choose to have a good day. You can choose to have a blessed day. How am I going to do that? I'm going to think on the Word of God. I'm going to praise the Word of God. I'm going to praise the Lord, Lord no matter what happens. I'm going to constantly speak of His glory and His grace. Praise God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to bring myself up out of that because that's not the truth. I'm being affected by outward things that are trying to take me back to a childhood state that I don't need to be in whatsoever anyway. So you can live happy every day of your life if you choose to. You can live joyful every day of your life if you choose to. You can live healed every day of your life if you choose to. Me, when I first got born again, man, I was hungry. I'll tell you what, they were having revivals all over the place, and we were going to revivals all over the place. Every weekend, we go to revival, and we go to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, laid out in spirit, laying down there, laughing, doing whatever for hours on on, and we come back, and then you know what happened? Monday came. And I thought, what happened to revival? So I went through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I started to perk up because there's another revival on Friday. So finally, revival came. Woohoo! Look at me, spiritual man am I? Power of God's flowing, everything's going, everything's happening. Because nobody ever told me that I could live that way. Otherwise, otherwise I'd find a revival seven days a week and just keep going from revival to revival, get nothing done, work, do nothing. But what it was is, if you've ever been in the mall and at the food court there, that little Chinese woman that stands out there with those little little samples, revival is a sample of your lifestyle. See? So when you get touched by the power of God, walk in joy, walk in peace, ain't got any cares, ain't got any worries, that's a sample. You take that revival off the toothpick, and you put it back, and you decide on Monday, I'm going to walk in this same thing. I'm going to walk in this. Goosebump or not goosebump, God's still with me. It took, took me two years to figure that out. I thought he was with me when the bumps were there, and I thought he left me when the bumps were gone. So my prayer time was occupied with, Lord Jesus, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. Then I come across the scripture that says, he will never leave me, 
nor forsake me. So I've been basically talking. He probably ain't even listening. You know, he could have just said, I'm there, stupid, but he never did. He's a nice guy. Never said that. He's a nice guy. Now, some people counseled me probably would have told me that. But yeah, see, it, it, it wasn't up to my feelings. It wasn't up to my emotions. It was up to the word of God. So then once now in my life, I believe he's with me all the time. Why? Because it says he's with me all the time. Do I feel his presence all the time? Absolutely not. But he's with me all the time. Is there times I feel his presence? Yes. Am I happy for those times? Yes, yes. Because you like to feel the presence of God. Some songs bring the presence on you. Some, but I don't have to have that presence anymore to believe that he's with me. Sonship. Before that, I was a child. Based on the goosebump. Well, if I have a goosebump today, everything's going to be God. Don't do. So you have a right and you have authority. When you come in here on Sunday morning, you have a right to praise the Lord at all times. It's entirely up to you. Well, I just don't feel like praising him this morning. Well, we know who your Lord is. See? Your feelings and emotions. I want everybody to know how miserable I am today. People come up and say, you, you okay today? Well, no. I, I did you know? Because I felt like I was praising next to a corpse. So I thought I would figure out that something's the matter with you. See, and all that stuff is just so somebody comes up and pats you on the back and helps you. No, you've got authority to get yourself out of that mess if you want to. You can rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, always. you can forgive and forget if you want to. You can love unconditionally if you want to. And when you make a decision with the authority you have to do that and start doing it, you move from a childhood state to a sonship state. In other words, now you're acting like a son. A child of God loves to hear, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And then somebody comes along and says, God loves you. Oh, yes. Yay, he loves me. Then they say, love everybody around you, all your friends and your relatives. And go, well, I want to love them. I want God to love me and not good enough for me. Somebody comes up and says, remember all the stuff you did when you, were, when you weren't saved? God forgave you. And they're in the sea. Now forgive everybody. I don't feel like forgiving other people. So what do they do? They remain a child. Did God forgive them? Yes. But are they forgiving others? No. Does God love them? Yes. Do they love others? Yes, conditionally. You be real nice to me. I'm going to love you. Don't be nice to me. It's not going to. The Bible says that he, God will prosper you. Glory to God. God's going to prosper me. I went to the faith sermon and they told me God's going to prosper me. And then they teach on tithing. See, I love prospering, but I ain't going to give my money back. I'm prospering because God gave me that money. What is it? Child. See, not growing up in a place to where they just simply act on the Word of God and stay on the Word of God no matter what happens. And they believe God is in control of everything. They believe that His will will be done in their life no matter what they do. But notice you have authority. You have the right to choose. You have the right to believe. You have the right to do all these things. I found out another thing when I got, got in the kingdom and started getting in the Word and everything. In my heart's desire, I wanted to heal the sick. I wanted to cast out devils. I wanted to take authority over and set other people free. That's what I wanted to do because that's why he gave me authority. But then I found out he didn't give me the authority to do that. He gave me the authority to become a son of God. And out of being a son of God identity, I could do that because it's sons of God that destroy the works of the... See, I didn't want to grow up. I just want to set other people free. I'm going to cast the devil out of them, but I've got six and run around with me and I'll just take them along when I go to do that. 
See? But when you grow up to be a son, in other words, you're getting on the Word of God. What the Word of God says, that's it. If it says I'm healed, it's, I'm healed. If it says I'm blessed, I'm blessed. If it says I'm full of joy, then I'm full of joy, no matter what my feelings and my emotions say, because I'm going to stay on the Word of God, praise God. And I'm going to stay right there. I'm going to stand there. Not when the feeling goes away, but while the feeling's right there, I'm going to go right after that thing. I'm going to attack that thing. It doesn't take any faith to get something after it goes and then think you've got faith. You need faith in the midst of the battle. You see, when sickness and disease hits your body, that's the time to go in on faith. Not say, well, I'm believing God, I'm going to get healed. Well, you are sooner or later. And when you get healed, you say, I faith through it. No, you didn't. You hope through it. You see, faith says you are healed. So when something, you know, going back to cash, we determined he was healed. Did the doctor say he was healed? No. Did the nurse say he was healed? No. Did anybody think he was healed? No. You showed somebody a picture, they think he healed? Absolutely not. But you've got to stay on the word that says, by my stripes ye were healed. So I'm going to stay right there. And the power and the authority of God goes to work in me when I'm in agreement with him. Amen. Submit yourself to God, then resist the death. Don't disagree with God. God, I know you said I was supposed to be healed, but I'm sick as a dog. And I'm just telling you right now, I'm believing for healing, but I shouldn't be sick. As... You're not even in agreement. How can you, you're not even submitted to him. Are you following me? So this anointing that you've got and this authority that you've got with you basically has to be in agreement with the word of God at all times. Financially, when bad financial systems come, don't start talking about how bad they are. Don't start talking about you ain't going to have enough. Don't talk about you're never going to be able to pay that bill because I guarantee you're not going to be able to pay that bill and you're never going to have enough. Why? Because you're using your authority. See, no, authority only works in the positive realm. When I stand up and I say something for God, that doesn't work all the other times I'm talking doubt and unbelief. That don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, it does. You have authority and it'll go any way. Angels respond to whatever you say. You can say, we're gone broke, and the angels say, well, let's not take them any money. I don't know why they want to go broke, but we're just going to sit here and wait till somebody needs some money, and we're going to bring it to them, praise God. They don't know the difference, but they're controlled by the words of your mouth, and the word of God they're, they're controlled by is the word of God itself. So I want to stay on that word of God. That's how you don't have bad days. Every day you wake up saying, it's going to be another great day today, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is a day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. Glory to God. And the first person calls and they're a total pain. You know what? This is a day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And you get in the car and it don't start. And this is the day that the Lord has. But notice whose choice it is. Now, it's not God's. God, why don't I have any joy? Well, he told you to rejoice in the Lord always and you'd have joy. Whose choice is that? It's yours. Everything you read in this book basically is pertaining to you, not God doing it for you. He's not going to praise himself for you. See, it's up to you. You make the choice. Choose you this day. Life, death, blessing, or curse. He didn't say, I'm going to choose for you. He said, you choose. So when you grow up to be a son, you understand that all these things in your life are things that you choose. They're things that you want. When I got born again and I read the scripture, it said about... Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I thought, my God, I want to please God, so I want faith. So on the top of my prayer list, pray for faith. Every day I went in there, Lord, I need some faith. Give me some more faith. I need some faith. I want to please you. I need some faith. Faith, 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 faith. Give me some faith. Give me some faith. Give me some faith. Found in the Bible where it says, you have the faith. I said, well, I just wasted another three weeks on the old faith prayer. I found out I got faith, so I got faith. Now what am I going to do since I got faith? I'm going to use faith. Because when I didn't think I had faith, I wasn't using faith because I didn't think I had faith. So there's no sense using something you ain't got. 
you know, now I got faith, so I'm going to start using faith. So then I came across another scripture. It said that faith and the word of God is a power, and it says you should believe everything that comes out of your mouth. Ouch. Ouch. I think I'll just stay a child because I don't want to change everything that comes out of my mouth. When I'm church, I want to know everybody how blessed I am. So in church, I don't have a problem. How are you blessed? How was your week? Great. Super. How's your marriage? Oh. And you go out on Monday morning to work with your friends and say, my, that wife of mine, I'll tell you what, I'd like slap her right upside the head. I'm telling you, went to church, how boring that was, and we're about broke, and we're about to, back to church, blessed. See, some people need to pretend like they're in church all the time. See, but we don't, because we don't think what we say out of our mouth makes any difference. And I didn't until I learned faith. And then I learned my faith was destroying my stuff simply because I was too ignorant to understand that it works all the time, not just when you stand up and declare. This is an everyday thing. This is a lifestyle. I mean, how many of you talk during the day? Any of you? See? See, that's something where you can't say, well, I only talk on Sundays. That's why I talk that way. Oh, no, you're talking all week long. So we want to talk on things. And I'll tell you, depression and all that stuff comes on you because you bring it on. Constantly moaning, complaining, griping, this is bad, that's bad, the world's bad. And I'll tell you what, there's plenty of fodder out there to gripe and complain. You don't have to go far, man. You can pick it out any place you want to go. Turn on the news for, for 30 seconds and you'll have a whole two hours worth of complaining, moaning, world's falling apart, everything's going. But remember, we're not of this world to begin with. We're kingdom citizens, and my money comes from the kingdom anyway. That's where it comes from. He's my source, and as long as God don't fall off the throne and they throw him in jail and he can't get out, everything's going to be all right. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's going to be good. So we've got to understand that. What are we doing? We're getting a kingdom mentality. Say a kingdom mentality. We need to think like kings. We need to think like that. Praise God. The Bible says, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. When I saw that, that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. It said, old things passed away. Hey, are you still drinking? Are you still an alcoholic? No, old things have passed away. All things have become new. What does that mean? It means I'm not. Well, yes, you are. No, I ain't. I ain't one. Why? I'm a new creation. I'm a new species of being that never existed before. I'm a king and a priest, the Bible says. I am anointed. I learned that right away when I started preaching, when I'd get up here like everybody else does when they're first getting up and they're shaking in their boots and they're having trouble talking and they're sweating and they're doing it. And finally I found out I was anointed. So it wasn't my problem. It was his ability anyway. So who cares if his ability's on me? He'll go ahead and do it. Do you see? But I had to claim I'm anointed. And then God forbid you're in a religious church and you stand up right away and say, Father, I thank you that I'm anointed today. And then you better start ducking be shoes and apples and grapes coming at you. No, these things are anointed. God anoints who God wants to anoint. But the Bible said I'm anointed. Well, you can't take the Bible like it's written. Then how are you going to stand on anything? You know, by his stripes I'm healed. Did you really mean that, God? Or were you just putting that in there as one of those things we can change or take part in? Whatever? No. So we get on the word of God. And we understand the word of God. We start believing the word of God. And when you get on the word of God as a child, then you'll start believing. See, you won't believe God when the symptom leaves. You'll believe God when you know the word, and it will force the symptom to leave. Medicine. The Bible calls it medicine. You don't take medicine after you get healed. Well, I was sick for a week. Now I'm finally going to take some medicine. Good for you. But that's the way we treat faith in the Word of God, see? Once it's all over with and we feel better, then we want to start believing God. No, you believe God from day one. Day one of the disaster. Day one of the financial crisis. Day one. And you don't move off there. You don't go anywhere. I don't care who tells you something different. I don't care what the country tells you. I don't care what the news media tells you. I don't care what your best friend tells you. You just stay on that Word of God. And I'm telling you what, it will produce because He's faithful. 
to his promises. He's waiting for someone else to be faithful to his promises so he can be faithful in reality to his promises. So we want to stay on the word of God no matter what comes. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is really where your identity comes into play because people were raised, they were told who they were, what they can do, their parents, their friends, their school, their teachers, everybody else, the news media. And everybody believes that there's something that they're not after you get born again. You're not all those old things you used to be. You're not an angry man. You're not an upset person. You're not a fearful person. You're not a loser. You're not a victim. You're not any of those things. But we were told those things, so we carry those things over, and we believe those things. And when we believe those things, we make them active and release them in our life, see? So you've got to understand that you're a new creation. So how am I going to believe that I'm a new creation? I got the word of God on it that says I'm a new creation, and I'm simply going to believe I'm a new creation. Well, I'm not acting like one. It didn't tell you to act like one, then believe it. It told you to believe it so you'll act like one. See, we got this thing backwards. Well, as soon as I start acting like a new creation, well, my God, I've only got 40 more years. See, you're never going to get there. When I start acting like a new creation, I'm going to claim it. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Good luck to you because it's not going to work. See, we believe it first. I believed I was a new creation, and all this stuff on my life started falling off my life because I wasn't who I used to be. I wasn't the old man. I wasn't the way I used to be. So by faith in the Word, I went from faith to faith, not works to faith, not struggles to faith, not wearing myself out to faith, but simply faith to faith. I just believed if God knew what He was doing and put it in the book, then I might as well believe it. All right, 1 Corinthians 13. Look at verse 11. When I was a child, say when. when. I spake as a child. I reasoned and understood as a child. And I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, this gives you an indication here, doesn't it? What does a child do? What's changed in your life? What's going to be changed? The way you talk, the way you understand, and the way you think. You're going to start thinking in line with the Word of God. And I'll tell you, probably the hardest thing I've seen in people's life to change is this thing right here. See, you can't go around and expect to grow up in spiritual things and talk like the world. I know your friends talk vulgar. I know they say words that shouldn't be saying. And I know you want to fit in. But it's time for you to stop fitting in. And speak like a spiritual Christian should or a kingdom person should, praise God. I don't care if they're cussing, I don't care if they're negative, I don't care if they're arguing, I don't care if they're fussing, I don't care if they're fighting, that, not you. And if you do talk real nice and they never want to see you again, praise God, find some new friends, it's really no big deal. But those words shouldn't come out of your mouth. I'll tell you, some of the cuss words I hear come out of people's mouths who think they're born again, well, they're born again, but they just never grew up. They're still like a baby. I mean, talent's talking a lot right now. Can I understand? Not a word, hardly. But yeah, yeah, why you do I was laughing the other day, I said, it's like the, she's like the minions. She's trying to tell me something, and I can't understand what she's saying, but she, you know, she's talking all the time like that. Well, hopefully, and for sure, how many know her vocabulary is going to change as she grows up? Now, if she gets to be 21, and guy wants to take her on a date, and she said, How many know that guy probably won't take her out? See, but we want to be Christians for 21 years, and we want to talk the same way. Swear, 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 swear. No, we don't do that. We grow up out of that, praise God. Because those are curses, and enough people cursing you in the world without you knowing it, without you helping them. See, those are curse words. GD, they'll say. Well, you don't want to GD anything, praise God. 
Praise the Lord's a lot better. Glory to God. Whenever I'm playing basketball and somebody gets mad and says some big cuss word, I just follow it with praise the Lord. I'm thinking maybe these times will catch on. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. And, of course, they look at you. Of course, they're used to it now. First, they just thought I was nuts and about ready to be put in an insane asylum someplace. But you don't have to talk like that. You don't have to be conditioned like that. We can talk better, and basically it makes a difference in your life how you talk and how you say things and how you do things. So sons of God talk different than babies. See? The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So a child of God isn't necessarily led by the Spirit, but a son of God is led by the Spirit of God. So how do I become someone led by the Spirit of God? Just believe you're a son. Not that tough. Believe you're a son. Well, God never speaks to me. He speaks to Pastor Tom all the time, but he never says any. He never tells me which way to go. Well, no, you don't have to worry. He never is going to tell you which way to go because you still think you're a child and you're not led, and only sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And then you've got people who really want to be led by God, so they get overled. I'm praying whether to brush my teeth or not today. Are they dirty? Brush them. See? Should I get up? Which side of the bed should I get off? I'm wondering which way to go. I'm wondering. What are they? They're overled. Should I go to the store to get milk? Do you need milk? See, it's not talking about everything that you do and every. Do I take a step to the right? Yes. No. The Holy Ghost will reveal to you things when you need to know them in your life and where you're gone and when you have a decision to make. He's not going to tell you everything in the world or whether to breathe or not or any of that stuff. So as a son of God, I just figured God was going to lead me and guide me because I'm a son of God. So as many as are led by the Spirit of God, I am the son of God. I decided to be as many as are led. So I decided to son. So somebody asked you, are you led by the Spirit of God? Yes, I'm led by the Spirit of God. And you know what happened? I started getting led by the Spirit of God. All right, one more. Go to Titus chapter 2. really difficult having the cutest little granddaughter in the whole world, but I just can't, I can't do nothing about it. I couldn't could do nothing about it. Titus 2, got to get rolling. Number 2 is up now. Come on. All right, look at verse 11. Very revealing here. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to how many men? All men. Now, what is the grace of God? The grace of God is everything that Jesus provided on the cross for us. Did he provide peace for us, joy for us, the anointing for us, authority for us, power for us, wealth for us, victory for us? So notice, it can be revealed to how many men? All men, if you search for it, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly where? Where at? See, everybody wants to believe this when we die and go to heaven. But it doesn't say that. It says you can live this way righteously and godly in this present world. How do I do that? I don't agree with ungodliness. I don't claim ungodliness. I don't say ungodliness is me. I deny ungodliness. So if I'm having a problem with anger and I'm mad all the time and I'm still getting mad and then I find out that I'm not an angry man, I start saying, praise God, I'm not an angry man. I'm a patient man. I'm an understanding man. I'm a kind man. And as soon as I come into an opportunity where I'm going to get angry, I stop. I say, I'm do I don't do that. I don't do that no more. I'm, I'm not an angry man. I'm a patient man. I'm a loving man. Or if I go over and I get mad, 
Then afterwards, I repent and I say, I'm sorry, Lord, I shouldn't have did that because I'm not an angry man to begin with. I don't repent and say, I'm just so stupid. I'm just such an angry man. I've always been angry. My dad angry, my brother angry, my sister angry. What are you doing? You're claiming things with your authority onto your life, then you're fighting to get those things off, and the battle going on is you. See, you will be whoever you believe you are. If you believe you're an angry man, you'll live that way. If you believe you're sad, you'll live that way. If you believe you're powerless, you'll never lay hands on one person in your entire life. If you don't believe you have authority, then you'll just talk any way you want, hopefully some good, hopefully some bad, and you'll have a mixed up life before it's over with. But you've got to come to a place where you deny things that are not part of the nature of God which you have on the inside. You deny them. You, you don't fight against them. You don't do anything else. You deny those things. That's not who I am. That's what I learned. That's not who I am. Well, you're real short. I don't care. That's not who I am. I'm not a shorty. And another one, you know, we had men's meeting a while ago, and, and somebody brought up that I'd say all the time that, that I was diagnosed as an introvert, and I found out the whole church is an introvert. <laughs> all the men there were introverted. I, amen. I can understand that. I'm an introvert. I was diagnosed an introvert, too. We're all introverts, praise God. But, but you don't have to stay there, do you see? I don't care what psychology and all that stuff tells you, praise God. You don't have to claim to be an introvert. If I claimed to be an introvert, I wouldn't be standing up here. I'd be introverted in the corner over there in the back someplace. No, you're not an introvert, praise God. Maybe that was your personality or thing before, but God's not an introvert. He says a lot, praise God. And he's not afraid to be around people. He's around each and every one of us. So see, that's what we want to claim. We want to claim our nature, don't we, of what it is. I'm a holy person. I'm a righteous person. I'm the person who never sins. Well, we all sin sometimes. Yep, you will. No problem. You won't have any problem sinning whatsoever because we all sin sometimes. But see, that's what they believe. That's what they're taught. I was taught I'm a sinner saved by grace. I don't even know what that means anymore. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Are you saved or a sinner? Well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. But are you a sinner? Yeah. Then are you saved? Yeah, by grace. Think about it. It doesn't even make sense. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Well, what did you get saved for if you're still a sinner? I don't know, but that's what they told me to do. And I'm a sinner. So all this stuff is confusion to confuse you. So it's not the simple thing of simply getting in this book, finding out who you are according to the Word of God and what God's nature is, studying how Jesus handled situations and circumstances. I mean, you know, he handles them a little bit different than we do. You know, the adulteress a little bit different than we might have handled that, all these things. But that's how a kingdom person handles situations and circumstances. So we study the kingdom of God. What do we do when we do that? We become his disciple. We start to know the truth, and the truth does set us free. Hallelujah. And the more freer we get, the more we can free other people who are around us. Hallelujah. All right, jump up this morning. You can even lovingly correct other people you're around who, who are starting to do this stuff because it's not something that happens overnight. Do you understand that? Things that you've burrowed in that you think you are for a long time, they don't go away right away. So if you hear other people talking in that, well, I just don't know. I'm just such a loser and I don't even think God likes me. You're going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. God loves you. He cares for you. He, you don't say, stupid. That's not what the word says. We correct people in love. Say in love. Yeah. Always smile when you say in love. And you help change people's life because that's what we want to do. We want to continue to grow. The world's getting worse. We're getting brighter. Praise God. We're a light. So the darker it gets, the lighter it gets for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I just 
speak to any kind of past stuff that's been lodged in the spirit and soul of the people who are here this morning. Whatever they were claiming to be, taught to be, think they be, I break it right now in the name of Jesus. I command their thought life to let it go and to loosen it. Holy Spirit of God, you rise up on the inside, not only quicken their mortal body, but quicken their souls, quicken their feelings, quicken their emotions. Let the word of God rise up on the inside of them that they claim who they are, a king. They are a priest. They are anointed. They are powerful. They are full of the power of God. They are victorious. They are wealthy. They are righteous. They are holy. And I thank you, Holy Ghost, for once again teaching and doing your job. We give you the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. We'll see you Wednesday night, 730.